Ephesians 6 verse 10 finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God everybody say the whole armor you're not leaving any doors unlocked he says that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil the Bible says for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places therefore he says take up the whole armor one more time say whole armor the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. The Bible says, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And verse 17 today, we're going to look at this piece of the armor. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God bow your heads with me as we pray God we're just so thankful for the sacredness of this moment even as your word is declared even as your word is preached I pray God that you would use me in a manner in which it would come forth with power so much so that those who are hearing that their hearts would be impacted that their lives would be changed that you would be glorified consequently and that we in our world and our surrounding uh, circle of influence in our everyday lives would be impacted as well because of what we take from this. We give you the honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. One more time, put those hands together and give God praise. In fact, if you will, go ahead and look at your neighbor and just go ahead and just tell them, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, come on, tell them. Look at somebody else. Give them a high five. Tell them, neighbor, you bet not go to sleep. Come on, tell them. Put that attitude in your voice. Glory to God. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But he says against principalities, against powers, uh, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so for the past few weeks, we've been in this series. This is our fourth installment. We have three more after this. And I hope you've been being blessed so far as we're just looking at being ready for spiritual warfare. Ready because it is something that is present. It is something that is pervasive. Uh, and, and I would say in all of our lives, whether or not we are aware of it. And the Bible, uh, would God would not have for us to walk in a place of bondage. Uh, he would not have for us to walk in a place of uh, where we are bound uh, because of our, our our lack of preparedness. He his desire, the reason why he came to the earth, the reason why he put on went through all that trouble to put on flesh. You know, the reason why he went through all that trouble to live with perfection than to die, allow these uh, crazy people on earth to, you know, sacrifice him and put him on the cross and kill him uh, and then rise from the dead was not so that you could live your life headed for heaven, but experiencing hell while you're on earth. Wonder if I have about three witnesses in here. 
They want to know that God did not die and go through all that trouble for you to live in bondage. But he did all of that. So you and I, no matter what comes up against us, man, I feel this thing that we can walk in a place of peace and we can walk in a place of wholeness and uh, and freedom. Glory to God. Somebody just let's just set this off. Let's just let the devil know that you're uh, that you're either free right now or you're going to be free. Why don't you just go ahead on the count three? I just want you to shout freedom. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on. There it is. There it is. So, you know, we've been talking about this thing called spiritual warfare. You know, a couple weeks ago, we looked at discerning demons. And I told you guys that the demonic world is real. We can't see these things. However, just like the wind, people always always be saying stuff like, oh, I can't see it. So it's not real. You know, and and I I just, you know, I, I just say like, you know, what about the wind, fam? Like when last of you tell me what wind looks like. You know, you can't tell me what wind looks like at all, uh, but you can tell me what wind does. Right. And and so it is with those. Hey, so it is, man. I just I don't know y'all. I just feel just my Pentecostal just 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 creeping up, man. I'm like, if I don't know if Courtney, if you just I, I'm telling you just one just one more inch. I'm sorry. All the guests and visitors, you might be like, this dude is crazy, but I'm about to do a backflip because he's been good. He's been good. He's been good. So listen, so listen, I'm telling you. So the, 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 the fact of the matter is, right, that, there, that even if we can't see God, you know, because people say you're crazy because you can't see it. I can give you evidence, fam, because I've been around a few folk. Come on, somebody who, uh, who have been sick unto death. And I've been able, to see, uh, been able to see people with stage four cancer in the name of Jesus healed completely and walking around come on somebody this morning i wonder if it's anybody in this place that, i mean there are there are little kids who possess with the devil through an adult across the room and in the name of jesus they're free today so the fact of the matter is that you can tell me whatever you want even if i can't see him I can see effects and I wonder if there's somebody on a personal level, if I could just come uh, and park in your driveway, if there's someone that knows that your life wasn't always spick and span, come on somebody. And it was some stuff that you used to be into in your past. Maybe it's only me this morning. And if you would just be honest about where it is that God's brought you from, the most important reason why you know God is real is because he's done it for me. Oh my God, you know, there's some stuff that used to have me bound some things that I didn't think that I was going to get out of. But when I met Jesus, that's why I can sing about him because when I encountered Jesus, he changed my life. Somebody give him praise if he's impacted your life. I'm telling you, man, it's, a, it's, it's too many off. It's too many quiet delivered folk. It's too many quiet delivered folk, you know, and I, this ain't my preach, but I'm just going to flow with it. You know, I feel the bus going this way. So we're going to jump on. The fact of the matter is that many of us watch this. You in the middle of the stuff you were facing, you were there and you were like, man, I have no clue how I'm going to get out of this. Oh, Jesus. You see, you were snotted at the nose. You were crying out to God. You was fasting every single day of the week, you know, eating a mint, eating breath mints. Come on, somebody. And you, you know exactly who I'm talking to this morning. And you were in that place and you're seeking God and you're crying you were busting the, the church doors open you were the first one inside sitting up front no matter who's here you know I don't know what your story is and your devotion during times of challenge come on and you think you're never gonna get out but then when God does
does the impossible because he specializes in doing the impossible even though we can't see him the fact of the matter is that we often go back to the stale and mundane and shut up mouth life that we had I know that ain't a word but we gonna make it up on this morning the shut up to mouth life come on somebody instead of doing what the Bible says and letting the redeemed of the Lord say so too many folk you forgot sometimes you just need a flashback I'm telling you man you just need a flashback to remember what God has done in your life and so even though we can't see him talk to a few folk man and he'll and he'll reveal himself and his power and so you know in talking about spiritual warfare and I'm going to talk you know I, we'll, we'll, we'll go deeper into some of this stuff in a bit but I remember you know and I was telling you guys about discerning demons and one of the things is because as I told you in Acts chapter 16 where that that girl was had a spirit of uh of divination she was operating in what would be considered synonymous with witchcraft and she was in a position where she had the ability to fortune tell everybody say fortune tell in other words she was operating in some sort of like a psychic manner and you know the bible made it clear that even she was walking around following the apostles saying truths about them you are this you know you guys are on jesus's team you guys are dope this is awesome these men have the words of the lord and i showed you that they turned around they rebuke this girl and the devil comes out of her and it's like, that don't even make sense. Why are you rebuking someone that's walking around saying truth about you? But as I showed you and I told you, we've got to be to the place where we walk in what the Bible calls in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're actually going to look in that chapter a little bit more today. Discernment. Everybody say discernment. And the distinguishing, the ability to be distinguished between spirits. In other words, you can look beyond what is somebody is saying and what they're doing to check and discern the spirit that is behind them, the motive that is behind them. She was a fortune teller. She was a psychic. She was saying nice and cute things, but indeed there was a spirit behind her. For example, if I could just uh, just just share this with you, I remember. Uh, you know, because I sing and I love music every now and again, the door and the opportunity opens up for ministry. And, you know, for those of you who know my testimony, uh, my wife and I, my family, uh, we grew up in a in a religious environment, you know, which for us, we came to the place. No disrespect to anybody who's a part of it. We love them and all of that. But we got to a place where we realized that it was error. Right. And uh, it 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 was a religion that told everyone else that they're wrong and we were the only ones that have it right. You ever heard of anything like that? And, you know, everybody else is going to hell unless you are a part of their organization, unless you are a part of their thing, you know. And that was what we grew up in. And so at some point we realized, you know what, this thing is wrong. God led us out of it. And we made the decision to go away because on an extreme end of it, we believe it to be cultish. The doctrine, the talks, the things that they do, the way they belittle and the, they bash everybody else. It's just horrible. And it was very destructive. And we were a part of it for many, many years. And the thing is that we got to a place where we realized that we needed to come out. And so we've been free for over a decade. And unless you've been a part of something like that, you really may not understand in me just saying it to you how big of a freedom it is, especially from mental bondage, which I'm getting ready to talk about today uh, in, in, in deeper depth. And, you know, it was to the place where after we left, because stuff, I grew up, you know, thinking things like if I watch TV on Saturday, I was going to go to hell. You know, like stuff like that. If I went to the shopping mall on Saturday, I was going to go to hell. 
If I ate pork, if I ate shrimp, I didn't have my first piece of shrimp until I was in my 20s. And because, you know, things like that, because you, we taught, we were taught whether you think eating shrimp or red meat or whatever is good or bad or whatever, that's your personal preference. That's great. But at the end of the day, we didn't eat it because we thought that it would send us to hell. That was what we were taught. Right. So all of these things were things we grew up with. We got out of it. Praise the Lord. And God, as a result, begun to use us in a completely different context. Now, I went uh, to this. I got invited to come and minister in song at a funeral. Everybody say a funeral. And so I went to this funeral. I was going to play and I was going to sing this song and minister to the to the family. That was the goal that I went there for. Right. And so as I was walking in. Right. And I was headed towards the front. Um, I, I went in and I saw this lady and she looked at me and I just say, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor. I try to be cordial and be nice and whatever. I smiled at her. She smiled at me. I went to the front. We, you know, I played uh, the song and I sung the song, sung my heart out, all this stuff, whatever. Um, and after service, after the funeral was over and I went back and I was greeting everyone, the lady came up to me. And she just looked at me in my face and she took my hand and she just said, I've been, she said, uh, what's your name? And, and I was like, you know, Andrew Beresford. And she's like, oh, you're Andrew Beresford. She's like, I've been praying for you. Right. And the thing is, is there anything wrong with somebody praying for you? OK, so, you know, essentially, it's like if somebody says they're praying for you, you'd be like, OK, thank you. Right. But in that moment, when she shook my hand and looked at me and said, I'm praying for you immediately the Holy Spirit in me said, she's not praying for the will of God in your life. And I sensed at that moment, I actually saw in the spirit a bunch of people praying and it was confirmed after. That's why you got to trust the Holy Ghost. It was confirmed after that this group of people, including her, I think she's one of the head, is, is uh, they come together on one of those prayer calls and they pray for people like me to come back and return to the denomination that we were a part of. And so there are literally people that would gather and because they know who I am and what I do, they are praying, but they're not praying the will of God, which is freedom. They're praying for me to come back in a form of bondage. And so in that moment, in that moment, I discerned and I noted that the spirit behind her prayer, come on somebody, was not the spirit of God. And her design and her intention was to try to pull me back in bondage. And so when I'm talking about spiritual warfare, some people, some of you, you may be hearing this and you're not thinking about it in a practical sense. But the fact is, I don't want everybody praying for me. When I see you'll catch that when some of you when you're going home, because I just want you to understand, I literally when the Holy Spirit quickened in me and I understood in that moment and discerned what she was doing and she was operating. She doesn't realize this, but this is a form of witchcraft, the power of manipulation spiritually. Where you go behind the scenes and you, you use a spiritual tool to try to control people to get where you want them to be. See, I didn't come to play with the devil today. The fact of the matter is that just because folks are, are operating spiritually in your life doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost is behind their actions. And so in that moment, in that moment, when she said to me, I'm praying for you. And I shook and she looked and I sensed the devil behind that talk and behind what she said. I just said, I hope that you're praying for the will of God in my life. 
And she was, you know, taken aback because some people expect you to expect to be like, oh, thank you. God bless you. I appreciate the prayers. But nah, fam. You see, the fact of the matter is, and I told you this, us Canadians, we Canadians, we too polite. Ah, man, I know. Us and our sorry, 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 sorry for everything. Come on, somebody. And we care oftentimes too much about people's feelings. And that's why the devil oftentimes is running roughshod all through your life. But I don't know about you. I'm to the place where I'm like, you know what? Too many people dying in this community for me to be being polite to the devil and the foolishness that's going on. Who's with me this morning? Too much foolishness happening in my household when you see sickness pervasive from generation to generation to generation and divorce from generation to generation to generation. You got to get to the place where you stand up and you say, devil, I'm tired of being polite. Come on, somebody. That devil that's on my life and those spirit that oftentimes are behind and hindering the progression of my bloodline I take authority over you in Jesus name tired being polite fam you're not going to walk victorious and polite I'm not saying go and be rude to everybody but use discernment and rise up and so we're talking about being ready for spiritual warfare and some of you guys you don't realize that these things actually happen but people are operating people are operating oftentimes in powers that are not like the Lord and I'm telling oh man I feel deliverance in the house and we're just gonna go for this thing help me Jesus to preach this thing because see the fact is that many of you you still go to psychics and many of you you still open the newspaper and look at horoscopes Oh, I wonder what's going to happen today. I wonder, oh, let me just look at what stars in the sky and let me go to astrologers. Come on, those dudes that be the parking lot, uh, the parking lot psychics that be coming up to your window talking about, give me your hand. Y'all don't want to be real with me. You'll be like, okay, yes. And they'll be reading lines and all this foolishness. And the fact of the matter is that oftentimes we don't realize that these people are operating in a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. And all of you Christians claiming to be Christians, but hanging dried leaves out in the front of your house because you want to make sure. Come on, somebody put in buckets in the corners of your room with water and in all this stuff to try and keep the duppies out of the house. Who am I talking to? The fact of the matter is, where is your trust? Some of you guys have dream catchers in your house and all of these aboriginal things that bring good luck and things of this nature. But you're talking about you're a Christian. This, you don't understand that darkness and light cannot coexist. Some of y'all didn't even realize that stuff is bad. You, you are welcoming. You bring portals, evil portals. And I'm telling you, even though it may be presented in the name of goodness and everything that's pure, because there's white magic and then there's dark magic. And we'll stay away from the white, from the dark magic, you know, because, but, but, the, you know, but some of you guys still are consulting witch doctors and obia people. Come on, somebody. And voodoo priests and witches. I'm going to deal with it on today. Y'all think you came to patty cake church, but we came to talk about it because I'm I'm tired of seeing you in bondage and many of you wondering why you're not free it's because of that rabbit foot in your purse who am i talking to this morning Go and visit in the psychic, the psychic and the naturalist and asking them about your future. Come on. How, how 
many of you know because he lives I can face tomorrow come on I don't need to consult no psychic I'm not consulting no obi a man or no voodoo priest or no witch or no warlock I don't need to hang a dream catcher over my bed for luck because I'm blessed come on somebody because Jesus is God and king and he's in control of my life trust in the Lord Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path don't need to read no horoscope don't need to consult no psychic or no medium paying them your money thinking they're consulting and they're contacting your dead one the bible says the dead know nothing and so who you're talking to is a familiar spirit and that person that you feel is giving you words is not your loved one their body is in the ground and if they were with if they trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior they're with the Lord come on somebody but they are not communicating with you and we give our money away to psychics and we give our money away to voodoo priests and all of these various people and they go and we, and I see I remember I was walking down and you, some of you guys think oh this stuff only happens across seas no fam that's why I walk down the street and I see these big old po- these big old things with astrologer palms and, 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 and I was walking down I go for prayer walks in the morning and then when I was walking in the morning during the summer I remember looking off to the corner and seeing seeing just a bunch of you know like burnt fruit and stuff in the corner and ashes and all this stuff people especially in our context they be performing witchcraft and voodoo and all of these things and obia and consulting and going to the to the uh, sea and 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 calling on mermaid demons to bless them you guys don't know that this stuff is real i'm telling you this is real stuff and oftentimes generationally it is in our line But I want to show you something. Can I show you something? Look at the book of Exodus. What book did I say? Because this thing has been going on for a long time. And some of you, you're like, look look at Exodus chapter 7. Some of you, you're like, well, you know, the fact is that I go to, you know, when I go to the psychic and I just, you know, give my money, he just tells me some, you know, he tells me some stuff. And he tells me stuff that, you know, that I, uh, that, 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 that no one could have told him. And, you know, and just, it's just no information about me. And I read my horoscope and I read the horoscope and it was just so accurate. And I broke the fortune cookie in half and, and I just read that thing and it was just exactly Y'all don't want to be real to me. I read exactly what it, you know, and I needed that today. (laughs) Exodus chapter seven, putting your trust in a fortune cookie. Listen, look at this. Look at this. Verse eight through 13. Bible says this is Moses and Aaron. He's going before Pharaoh, especially in an Egyptian context. Again, like in African context, all these places, many of you are rooted. We, you're in that. And, and the fact of the matter is we don't realize that historically this stuff has been happening from back then. Look at what happens. This isn't make believe. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, prove yourselves by working a miracle. Bible says, then you shall say to Aaron, take your staff and cast it down before Pharaoh that it may become a serpent. Watch this verse 10. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants and it became a serpent. So here at the command of the Lord. So note, this is God commanding Moses and Aaron to do this. 
the rod goes down for the purpose of showing God's glory and giving God glory. The rod goes down and it turns into a serpent. And then the Bible goes on and says, uh, it says in verse 11, then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers and they, and they, the magicians of Egypt also did the same by their secret arts for each man cast down his staff and they became serpents. So God moves miraculously and then sorcerers, witch men and all these uh, um, uh, warlocks and witches and all of these people, they then do the exact same thing. And so it may seem like, okay, the same power that God has is the same power that the psychic and the obia man and the voodoo man has. They're, the same power must be behind them. Can I come against it this morning? But look at what happens in the text. There's a plot turn. Look, the Bible says, verse 12, for each man cast down his staff and they became servants, serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. And then it goes on and says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened. So they both did the same thing. One was fueled by the power of God, but another was fueled by the power of the enemy And here we find that although they could do the same thing, that Aaron's staff swallows up Pharaoh's staff to show that even though what they do happens, that God's power ultimately is greater than the enemy's power. And so you might go to the psychic and they might tell you, be able to tell you X, Y, and Z, but number one, their power is counterfeit. It's a copycat. And they have, watch this, so it's a counterfeit. Number two, the Bible showed us just in that passage that it's inferior. So they're, they're and consequently, it's limited. So usually, you're going to need to tell them something about yourself, or there's some sort of a, there's some sort of a something that they're going to need. Their power is not on the same level as God's or those who are operating in the spirit of God. And so there's always a limit to what is being, and it is a counterfeit. And so I want you to know, man, I am telling you, the power of God is greater, back me up, Holy Ghost, than any psychic and any sorcerer. Come on. It is greater than any witch or any warlock. It is greater than any rabbit's foot or any chicken foot. It is greater than anything you bless with a chicken foot. It's greater than any goat's blood or any of this stuff. And some of you guys been drinking this stuff and blessing this stuff, blessing your house with this stuff and putting hanging stuff all over the place and walking in fear but I came for that devil on today and I declare freedom come on somebody in this house today we've got to get to the place where we separate ourselves from putting trust in those things what superstitions do you have someone's like I don't got any chicken feet pastor What do you walk around fueled by the spirit of fear behind? What are you putting trust in other than God? What ritual? Because see, you're like, oh, this don't apply to me. What are you putting trust in? What do you feel you need to do in order to get the thing done other than putting trust in God? What rituals, what things have you put your trust in? Man, Lord, help me to just help. Help me to get this across. What are you trusting above the direction and the power of God? 
And so the fact of the matter is that we've got to get to the place where we make a choice because the enemy is real and the, and he is coming, uh, he, he is to a place. And I want to offer an opportunity to you. I'm gonna, getting ready to call on you. If you brought any of that foolishness here with you today, if you brought any, uh, any eagle feathers or any dream catchers with you, if you got something in your car, you can run out and grab it and bring it up here and throw it on this altar. If you got a chicken foot or a rabbit foot or any of that sorts of stuff or any goat's blood or anything in your purse, I dare you to get at some point in this message, get up and come throw it at this altar and say, I trust Jesus over that foolishness. You got that astrologer's number in your phone book. I dare you to delete it. Trust in Jesus over these things. I'm going to give you an opportunity. And I bind any devil that would try to tell you to keep it and that you need it in Jesus name. Look, so I didn't come to play today, guys. I believe in God. And so one of the ways that the enemy comes against us is he comes against as we were talking about our mind. One of the biggest ways, and this is why, this is why many of us, we feel like we have to go and do extra things and put trust in other sources because we don't feel, because of oftentimes the way that the enemy will attack our minds. Is anybody with me this morning? Turn back with me to Ephesians chapter 6 because I don't know if you've ever been in this place, but you know, because of some of the things that may happen in our lives from time to time, we feel, and the thoughts that may come into our mind, uh, even for those of you who are Christians, you may feel like God is not with you or you are truly not saved. Anybody ever been in that place where you're like, you know, based on what happened to me or based upon what I'm thinking right now, there's no way that I could be saved. I remember for a season after I got saved, and this is why Paul tells us to have on the helmet of salvation. I remember for a season when I first got saved, there was a time when I would just hear cuss words against Jesus in my head. Anybody else ever heard that before? Maybe I'm the only one. And I would be there and I would just hear, you know, F God, F God, F God. This would just happen in my head, just happen in my head. I'd just be hearing this over and over again to the point where it became unbearable. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, how in the world am I saved when I am hearing this in my head? These thoughts are not even, this is not even me. And I remember going to my dad. I remember being like, dad, why is this happening? This cannot be you. How is it that God loves me when this stuff is in my head? And I wanted tell you that the mind is one of the biggest battlegrounds of the enemy and if you are not sure about how God feels about you then you're going to oftentimes go and put trust even if it's not as extreme as a psychic it might be putting trust in something or someone else that you may feel more of a sense of security in when in fact the enemy is lying to you because God loves you so much that he gave his life for you even before you took your first breath are you with me this morning and so his attack often comes to the mind first and there are and this is why many of you are attacked in the mind but the fact of the matter is God's relationship with you and God's if you are a Christian the 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 reason why you are saved is not because of what you do or in some of some people there are people in life who have physical ailments or mental ailments that are are a part of the brain which is also a part of the body which will cause things to happen and it has nothing to do with your salvation bodies malfunction but if you're saved you're saved there are people pastors i know with tourettes that their tourettes is so extreme that every time they get a fit they have to they cuss a bad word 
Anybody ever heard of anything like that? Tourette's to the place where there's this extreme and you'll see and there's people who cuss in that regard and as a result it's not voluntary and no matter how much prayer has happened it won't break off their life and it's a mental or a uh, it's something that's happening in their body that is causing this to happen and you may look and say oh that's not somebody who is you know of Christ or of God because look at what's taking place but the fact of the matter is that because of sin things happen in our lives but this does not nullify the thoughts of love that God has towards you. And this is why Paul says, look at Ephesians chapter six. And we were looking at verse, uh, we're looking at verse 17. Paul says in, uh, as he tells us to put on the whole armor of God, everybody say the whole armor of God. He says that we've got to get to the place where we watch this, take the helmet of salvation. And I love that because he's, in other words, saying, protect your mind. Make sure that you walk around with this understanding and this assurance that God loves you, that God is for you. And if you are saved, you can walk with an assurance knowing that you're saved. And I'm telling you, man, that is one of the greatest. Actually, I'm not one of the greatest. It is the greatest weapon against the enemy. It is the greatest weapon. It's the greatest protection against the lies that will come to try and tell you that you're not worth it. And that will often push us to all of these other devices and trusting in other things because we feel like God doesn't care about us. Look at somebody and tell them your salvation. Come on, tell them. It's not an on and off switch. You either got it or you don't. And this is why Paul is telling us to make sure that we are, have our head guarded with the helmet of salvation so that we never get to the place where we are doubting once we've given our lives to Christ, where we are doubting God's thoughts towards us or where we're doubt or that we're doubting where he is, where we are with God. And this is very imperative. It's important because many Christians, how in the world are you going to go out and minister to somebody and encourage them to become a Christian and you don't even know if God loves you or not? You need to come and you need to experience the peace that Jesus gives. And you bring them out to church and you just enjoy this experience, but you yourself are not even walking in a place of assurance. I'm telling you, it wasn't until I got to the place where I got saved and I knew that I was saved by putting trust in what Jesus did and not based upon what I did that I could sing stuff like blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Mm. Heir of salvation purchased Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. I can sing that now. I can sing it now because my head has the helmet of salvation. And when it is that you have this. And so if you're not saved, you need to get saved. But that doesn't happen through you living in perfection and getting it all together and then God will accept me. I'm so glad that God is not like people that, that you got to get everything together before they love you. you don't, don't you like, isn't it the worst to be in relationship with people where you don't ever know where you are with them? Maybe I'm the only person that's ever been in a relationship like that. 
It's like today they like you and then you think that they like you and then something just happens and then tomorrow they, they just treat you like trash and then it's just like up and down. It's just a roller coaster. You're like, child, I don't know. Like what, what, what in the world? Multiple personalities. What's happening? Nothing I do. I can't be. I can't do. I can't do. Maybe I'm the only person been in a relationship like that. And you don't ever know where you stand with people. But God is not like that. God does not want you to go around through this life guessing. A massive part of being ready for spiritual warfare is knowing that if you have your head guarded with salvation, that God is with you, that he's for you. And so anything that comes to your mind, if it is against that truth, that it ought to be cast down. And so I want to end, you know, I, uh, this is why Peter says in, and I'll just, I'll just say this and you can write it down. First Peter chapter one, verse 13, first Peter chapter one, verse 13, you should write this down, check it out. He says, he says, gird up the loins of your mind or prepare your mind for action. And the reason why he's saying this is because he's challenging the people of God to make sure that we are sober minded, that our heart our, our head, rather, our minds are guarded with the fact that our salvation doesn't have anything to do and God's approval of us and his love for us doesn't have anything to do with what we do or don't do, but it has to do with what Jesus did because he loved us so much. That, isn't that incredible news? And so therefore, when stuff comes your, to your mind, when it's guarded with knowing that you are loved by God and that Jesus died for you, it's one of the greatest uh, 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 defenses against the attack that the enemy sends to come and to try and overthrow the peace of God in your mind. And as I close today, I know that somebody today, you showed up today and your mind is a wreck. And the enemy's been attacking your mind. It might not be cuss words against God, but it might be obsessive thinking about something that happened to you in your life. Something bad or something that somebody said to you and you're just thinking over and over about it. You can't sleep at night because you're just, you know, you're always thinking about it. And then when you dream, you're thinking about it. And you can't get it out of your mind. And I'm here to tell you today that that's not God's desire for you. That God loves you with an everlasting love. That's why we sing about his love. He loves you with a love that surpasses all understanding. And his desire for you is peace. And if you would put on the helmet of salvation, what does this mean? Walk with assurance. If you are a believer, if you have put trust in Christ, if you have put faith in Christ, you can know today you can know that you are saved, that God loves you, and that's not and that's not going to change. Out, you know, I love my daughter, and I love my, you know, I love my my kids. I got three kids for those who don't know me, and I love my children. They're incredible, and they do some crazy stuff at times, fam. Parents ought to say amen. Maybe I'm not the only person. Like my wife said, you know, we woke up and then I was, you know, when you're just, you know, when you're just, the man's them are just marved and you're like, fam, like I really want something in particular. Like, let's call it cereal. And you go to the fridge and you're like, I want cereal so bad. And yesterday, I think it was, I forgot what it was that I wanted from the fridge. And I remember I went in there and I'm like, what in the world? It's everything is melted. The salmon that was in the freezer, it was just jacked up. 
You know, it was all, it was beyond thawed. You know, I, I think I saw it twitch too. You know, like it went all the way back. Like it was, it was just nuts. And all because my daughter decided to go and turn off the fridge. And we had no clue. But she does this. But I tell you what, I'll go to blows for my daughter. You can't say nothing crazy about my kids. I love my kids with an everlasting love. There's nothing they can go around with the assurance. Knowing that no matter what. No matter what. That their dad is going to love them. And they're always going to be my child. Some of you, you think that God has an on again, off again relationship with you. No, 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 no. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, will never perish, but have everlasting life. Sometimes you just got to go back to the basics of the gospel. John chapter 10 Jesus says in verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He says, I give them eternal life. Did he say conditional life? I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand then he goes on and he says not only are they in my hand but they're in also in the father's hand so it's like double security that we have in christ are you hearing what i'm saying there's some good words so he says they will never perish i give them eternal life and they will if something stops is it eternal i'm not, I'm not, I'm not it's not it's actually not a trick question right <laughs> So you can, you can just, let's, let's do this again. If something ends, <laughs> one plus one equals two, right? If something ends, was it eternal? No. He says, I give them eternal life. And it will, they will never perish. Oh man. This is what the helmet of salvation, this is what I'm talking about. When you can go through life knowing in having assurance that the circumstances of life and the errors that you make as a Christian, as a believer in Christ are not going to disqualify you. That the people who don't like you, that the witchcraft that comes up against you to try and get you back into bondage, none of that will ever pluck you out of God's hand. You know what? I'm going to end on this. Lots of people, they become Christians and then they end up suffering with dementia. And then, you know, uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, it's something that will come. And oftentimes, the people who are the sweetest Christians turn into the nastiest people you've ever met in your life. They cuss people out. They cuss out the nurses. They punch people in the face. They fight them. They don't want to follow instructions. If you have a loved one or a family member that deals with this, this may have been your experience or may be your experience. And someone asked the question, they said, you know, what about these people? Are they now no longer children of God or Christians because of the actions that are taking place? Are they now headed to hell 
because their actions have shifted since they professed Christ as Lord and Savior and accepted Jesus? No. Their brain is a part of their body. This body will malfunction. The part of them that was saved is their spirit. Which is aside from the brain, aside from any of this physical body, and the decision they made for Christ aside and before anything happened to them, no matter what they're doing right now, it has sealed them and secured them for the kingdom. And the beauty of it is, this is why Paul makes it clear. See, I don't have to yell to get the message across. He says, for by grace, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, are you saved? Not of works. It is the gift of God. Just in case anybody thought they should boast. Titus 3 verse 5. He saved us not of works, but by the washing, regeneration, which means to make new, renewal of the Holy Spirit. And so if you are saved, and if Christ, you have put trust in Christ, you're saved. And you can walk with that helmet on. And don't let anyone or this enemy bring things up to you to try to make you think that God has changed his mind about you. In fact, look at your neighbor. Just encourage them this morning. Tell them God has not changed his mind about you. Tell them, encourage them. In fact, look at somebody else. Tell them, say, he is crazy over you. Come on, tell them he is crazy. He is crazy over you. Now, if that word blessed you today, why don't you go ahead and give God some more praise today?